podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Jones! Bowden! He's got it! England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins! Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four and England have won the match! Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. This podcast is in association with IG Trading and Investments. We said yesterday that we'd do a podcast if there was any play today, and miraculously, there was. It didn't really move the game on a huge amount, but actually, at least it gave the locals something to watch, because actually, Simon, they surged in, didn't they, when they the grapevine got working and play started after lunch, uh, even though it was a, a pretty cloudy and, and rainy sort of day, and people surged in, and by the end, it was, well, not half full, but there was a lot of support there, which was, which was fantastic, and actually what they did see was quite interesting, even though only one wicket. Yeah, in a, in a way, quite gripping cricket. I, I noticed that there were 30 overs bowled. So by my calculation, no one gets a refund for today. So if you didn't turn up today to watch any cricket at all, you took a view, I don't think you get any money back. And I think that's that's how it goes. I mean, 30 overs, bang on the nose. But the cricket they saw, well, it's frustrating for England supporters. They got the wicket of Labuschagne before the close. I suppose you could look at it like this, that England took one more wicket today than they might have expected to. But Australia scored 101 runs, and in those 30 overs, I mean, England would, would have just—they would have hoped for two or three, wouldn't they? You know, something like three wickets. I mean, in, the, in their wildest dreams, they'd have hoped for six. But these Australians—they do not go easy, do they? They—they they make you fight tooth and nail uh, ultimately to you know to rip the Test match off them. They didn't play particularly well in the first three days, but I thought Labuschagne and Marsh were excellent today. I know I know they had something to aim at. You know, they knew the weather forecast. They knew there was only being probably going to be a couple of hours play when they got out there. And they know the forecast tomorrow is a bit iffy as well. So they you know they had a goal in sight and but my they played really well, didn't they? Yeah, I was really impressed with Labuschagne in particular because he was given a, a pretty a bit of a working over by Mark Wood and to a lesser extent Chris Wokes and I thought that he handled Wood very well because it, it was reminiscent slightly of, of the way the, the West Indies fast bowlers used to bowl at, at various opponents in the 1980s. Wood coming in hard with a, a fairly leg theory type field and bowling a lot of short balls. Some of them got up, some of them didn't. And then also some, you know, the odd full delivery. And actually, I thought he handled it well. I thought his judgment of what to play and what to duck and what to occasionally pull was exemplary. And, you know, he just got behind the line so impressively with 89-mile-an-hour rockets sort of uh, jamming into his thumb. And, and what well, he got hit once, didn't he, But on the hand. But, you know, he really got behind it, showed why he's still reckoned to be one of the finest five or six batsmen in the world. His first, no, sorry, his, his first test century in England, but only his second outside Australia as well. So that'll be a big thing for him, I think, to cut that monkey off his back, someone who perhaps doesn't travel so well, and just really dug in. And it was quite surprising how he got out in the end, actually. Yeah, he didn't look in any trouble against the pace bowlers at all. I know he was hit on the glove on that that one from Mark Wood when he went for the pull shot and was hit on the glove. There was that only one, really. But apart from that, he looked so solid. And then, because the light was fading... England had to turn to their spinners. You, you say they might have turned to them anyway because they were looking 
you know, pretty punchless uh, with, with the pace bowlers. But they turned to the spinners and, yeah, Joe Root in, inducing the edge. I thought Root bowled really well, actually. And there is something in this pitch for the spinners. And that might be a way to go uh, tomorrow if England do get out there. You know, you think about pace. Well, the new ball's only nine overs away. And in a way, the spinner's bowling quite quickly. He rattled through a few overs as well, didn't they? So that brought the new ball a bit closer. Which sort of goes back to my point about yesterday, England bowling 11 and a half overs per hour. You know, if they got in a few more overs yesterday, just, you know, even five, say, four or five yesterday, they'd have been that bit closer to the new ball. And time is, it feels as though time is of the essence now. Well, we know that, don't we? We felt it with the weather forecast. And it's been like that from the start of the game. And you know, looking at the forecast tomorrow, we just don't know really. I mean, I think there can be some patches of dry weather and some rain. You, know, you just have to play with what you get. Well, you can tell us uh, your latest on the weather forecast uh, at the end of this podcast. Uh, just uh, a little word about Joe Root, actually, and his skill as a spin bowler, not only getting the ball to turn and bounce, but actually producing uh, an, almost a wicket through an arm, a classic arm ball as well, which many uh, proponents of off-spin from yesteryear uh, would be have been proud of. The likes of John Embry, Graham Swan, even further back, Fred Titmus actually, he played for Middlesex in England for a long time. Jack Simmons, uh, the stalwart of Lancashire cricket, known as Flat Jack, who bowled a lot of these kind of arm balls, swingers, and, and deceived the batsman because they thought it was an off-break and it swung away instead. And that was an, a magnificent, almost kind of old-fashioned bit of bowling, which was so good, it not only defeated the batter in that case, getting the edge, but it defeated Zach Crawley at slip as well and went straight to the boundary, got to Labuschagne very close to his 100. So a, a wonderful bit of cricket there. Root also throwing in the odd leg break as well, which doesn't... Fox, the, the, the experienced players, but might come in handy occasionally in the future against a, perhaps a tail-ender. Uh, so uh, you know, what, what a man of many talents Joe Root is. And in a way, you know, I, I know Moeen has 200 test wickets, but he's still quite inconsistent. I actually think Root is, is really a better bowler. Uh, Moeen does have the ability to produce the odd really good delivery and maybe is a bit more consistent but actually Root looks more dangerous as you as you said yeah Moeen 13 overs two maids naught for 44 Joe Root six overs one for 32 he was humped for a couple of sixes uh, by Manus Labuschagne uh, you know taking him on hitting him over long on but he did look more threatening uh, the problem I think for Moeen Ali is he just couldn't find the length could he he was, he was a bit too short and then he was over pitching bowling full tosses but they did, what, they, towards the end, just in that 15, 20 minutes before tea, they did find a length and caused some problems. There is something there. There is some spin. There is some bounce. And Australia just looked a bit nervous. And you know, it was one of those situations where they almost came off at the wrong time. You got the wicket. You just wanted a bit more time, didn't you, to have a go at the, the new player. Marsh reined himself in as well. He was playing for tea. And it, they probably knew the forecast, which suggested there was this sort of two-hour or so gap in the afternoon. And not everyone predicted that. Some weather forecast forecasters uh, did I think the the winner today was it is AccuWeather who who seemed to come up with a, a, a two three hour gap in the afternoon for play to happen and that and that's what happened I'll give you their uh, forecast in just a moment for the uh, final day which gives England a little bit of hope but not masses of hope I think there's definitely going to be uh, some rain around uh, tomorrow 
Of course, with the spinners, yards there is the, the, Australia do have three left-handers to come. So England have got two off-break bowlers, and the ball is you know turning and bouncing a bit. So there, you know, there is that option for them, and of course they have got the option of going to the pace bowlers as well with the new ball uh, not too far away. What did you make of England's uh, pace bowlers? Is it just the pitch is still you know pretty good, really? Well, I'm going to um, tell you something actually, which I've I've written about in the Sunday Times tomorrow. So if you're really bored, you you can look up look up this article. Um, it's talking about the the fact that I've sort of discovered or ascertained via some of the data geeks that the ball has moved laterally this year less than any other year in the last ten. Uh, so it's been a bit easier for batters and a bit harder for the traditional seam and swing bowlers Jimmy Anderson's figures currently in the series four for 307 which uh, won't please him too much but there is an excuse there and that is that the the ball laterally is moving uh, on average at only 1.3 degrees which sounds well meaningless but in the last 10 years it's mostly moved at about two degrees on average and now it's only 1.3 so the balls generally haven't done as much during this series, certainly sideways, as they have in previous years, which has made batting, hitting the ball on the up, uh, uh, for instance, a little bit easier. And just get for the bowlers to try and get any lateral movement. Obviously, that doesn't mean there there can't be uneven bounce, and there has been some some wickets to bounce. But the only time I can really think of the ball actually swinging was Mark Wood and one or two of the other bowlers at Headingley. But elsewhere... The ball hasn't really moved much off the straight in this series, and so I sort of, I suppose, I, I sympathise slightly with the faster bowlers being unable to take wickets. Why would it be? Why is that? Well, a combination, I think, of dry pitches, uh, a very dry June generally, lack of you know live grass on the pitches, sort of inhibiting the seam movement, and actually talking to the owner of Duke's Balls today, the fact that. It's only a very tiny change, but the seam is just slightly flatter than it has been over the previous few years. They've tightened the thread a little bit on the Duke's balls so that the seam is fractionally less prominent, only fractionally. And that may also have been part of the reason why the ball hasn't moved as much. So some sympathy for the faster bowlers, I guess. Yeah, and and you talked about the pitches there. I mean, England wanted, you know, flat, dry pitches didn't they that's what they asked for and that's what they got and all four pitches have been a sort of variation on the theme haven't they there was a bit more bounce at, at Headingley but that you know they they've had a, a Lords was a bit greener I suppose uh but you know it actually it flattened out <clears throat> excuse me it flattened out didn't it eventually into quite a you know good batting surface and the color went from it as the as the game went on but generally speaking the pitches have have looked quite similar and played quite similar, really, haven't they? You know, generally speaking, quite good for batting, re- reasonably, anyway. So, a forthright approach, but from England in this series, and you know, notably in this Test match, 592 in that first innings at a rate of five and over. And uh, we talked throughout the series about great Ashes moments celebrated in the IG Net Gains Arena, all that that virtual opportunity to go and have a go and face some of the great Ashes deliveries in the batting cage. Uh, Mike Gatting did so yesterday against the ball of the century. We talked about that in yesterday's podcast. And there have been many great moments which we've sort of recapped 
over this podcast series. And the one I'm going to talk about a little bit today is, is not a bowling moment, actually, a batting moment. And in a way, emulating what England did in this series, or perhaps being a, a bit of a precursor to what England had done this series, is the way England approached 2005, particularly after the first test at Lords, which they lost. After that, there was a much more forthright a batting approach, 407 in a day at Edgbaston. And in the third test of that series at Old Trafford, Michael Vaughan led off the, the charge with the bat, uh, then having won the toss on a, on a very good pitch. And he talks here about why his approach of batting in, a, in a, an aggressive way was so successful in 2005 at Old Trafford. I think Old Trafford was the place I enjoyed batting most at times. It has bounce and I can hang back. And then I can just lean on those full balls. And within the first 10 or 50, I think Strassi got it on the, on the head. And he had blood coming down. I remember taking guard. And actually there was Claret on the crease because I think Strauss had taken one just, just, just under his eye. And there was blood, obviously, that dripped down from his face. So it's not never nice facing Brett Lee and you're taking your guard and there's a bit of Claret on the floor. <laughs> that was a bit intimidating. But within 10 or 15 balls, I think when you're out of form and you're out of kind of the runs, you want to get to 10 quickly. And I managed to get to, I think, 15 or 16 quickly. I edged a couple down to third man off Gillespie. And then I hit a, a cover drive off Gillespie. And then I hit a cut shot and I thought, oh, I'm away here. This pitch is pure. It's just my style of pitch. You know, there's not a huge amount of movement. You can trust the bounce. Beautiful day. The crowd were going nuts. Uh, I don't think there was a cloud in the sky. Thought, this, this is a, a day to cash in. And you know, as about, it, there's, there's certain times in your career when you just know it's all in your favour. And I had a little bit of fortune. I think I was dropped behind. I was bowled off a no ball. But you earned the right to have that little bit of uh, bit of luck go your way. And again, we were aggressive. You know, we went out and scored quickly. You know, I remember getting out to Katic and there was, oh, you know, I get that. But we wanted to be aggressive and, and go after those kind of bowlers. You know, we weren't going to let Simon Katic just bowl. Yeah, I was disappointed to hit a full bunger down long on throat. But, you know, we were, we were right in the game again after day one by being aggressive. Well, Michael Vaughan there talking about his 166 in that Ashes series in, in 2005. Of course, the other thing he talked about at the end of that game, yours, if you cast your mind back, he talked, got his players together, didn't he, when Australia survived nine down. And he said, look at them, they're all celebrating a draw. Well, of course... That's what Australia will do tomorrow. If they get a draw tomorrow, they will be celebrating because they've won the Ashes. And that's what you know, England are sort of fighting against, what they're tr trying to avoid tomorrow. They, they are desperate to win the game and make it 2-2, go to the Oval on Thursday and, and try and settle it. I mean, it, it would be a fantastic climax to the series. I'm not sure Australians listening to this would agree. You know, that I think you, you just want to win the Ashes any which way, don't you? I mean, in an ideal world, if you say to them, oh, yeah, lose tomorrow and win at the Oval, they'd probably take that because that's a far more satisfying uh, way of winning. But, you know, the bottom line is you want to win, don't you? want to hold on to those ashes. So will Australia be celebrating a draw uh, tomorrow at Old Trafford? Who knows? Well, tell us about the weather forecast that you've, uh, you've lo locked on to. Well, it, it seems as if, I mean, there is going to be rain tomorrow. I mean, every, everyone's saying there's going to be rain. Uh, but I, I mentioned AccuWeather, who seem to be, uh, I think I'm right in saying they seem to be the ones who said there was going to be that dry spell today. What they've gone for tomorrow is a sort of dry, a dry start around about the start of play. Some rain in the morning and then some, dr some dry weather around about 10, 11 o'clock. And then raining sort of 12 
one o'clock and then dry again in the afternoon for a, you know, an hour or two and then raining by four o'clock and then it seems after that it's going to be raining for till most of the evening till about seven o'clock so you know it looks like there are a couple of windows there i suppose it depends how much rain has fallen how long it takes them to get the the ground ready for the start of play so it, it looks like there, there there will be some play tomorrow but again, it looks like you know it's going to be limited. I, I, th- I thought last night you were a bit optimistic when you said you thought England needed 40 overs to win the game. I, I mean, I think they probably from here they might need another 40 overs. Uh, there is a situation, of course, where you know if they they might might well have to bat again now, where they could chase 70 in nine or ten overs, couldn't they? Something like that, and that's that would be feasible. You know, a manic run chase. I, mean, I saw I saw on one betting app, uh, I think it was yesterday, it might have been this morning, that Australia was something like 700 to 1 to win. Is it possible Australia could win this game in a madcap world where they set England 90 to win and, and England have got to go for it in 11 overs or something? And, you know, they end up, I don't know, they go into the last over at 80 for 8, having sort of, you know, slogged it and thrashed it. And, you know, presumably they will, they'll have to go for it. I mean, they, they've said, you know, we'll, we'll risk losing to win the game. I don't know whether it's worth, a, I don't know, a couple of quid, whatever it is now. <laughs> <laughs> five six hundred to one. I thought I thought five hundred to ones was sort of a thing of the past, isn't it? You know, remember that match in nineteen eighty one where England were five hundred to one to win and obviously ended up uh, winning the game. Yeah, so lo- lots of sort of uncertainty about tomorrow. Of course, England got to say, haven't they? Really, five balls, five balls. We're back in the series, and when play gets underway, can they? I think. What they need to do, of course they do, is get the skids under Australia early. An early wicket, an early wicket or two, and suddenly it's a very different game, isn't it? It's amazing how the game sort of just, for England supporters, just turn around with the wicket of Labuschagne. They look to be, you know, look to be like little hope, oh, time running out, and suddenly you get the wicket of Labuschagne, you're back in it again, you're believing. It's amazing uh, what a wicket can do. But it's, it's tantalising again, isn't it? I thought, you know, I thought there'd be no play today, but we've had a you know, rem- remarkably, we've had far more play, I think, than anyone uh, could have expected, really, with 30 overs. But you know, well played to Australia, as I said, they don't go easily. No, they don't. But um, I, one thing that annoyed me today actually was on a news report. They said um, there may not be any play today, which would mean the uh, that the, the series was dead, because obviously Australia technically have won the Ashes. But if it's a draw, but actually that's wrong. The series isn't dead. It's the Ashes that will not be live anymore if Australia get a draw. But the series is still very much alive with England's potential to get back to two all if there's a draw in this test match. So that was an inaccurate piece of news reporting. Opportunity tomorrow for anyone who fancies going down to Old Trafford. Obviously, you might be hanging around for a while, in which case, what a chance to get into the IG Net Gains Arena and have a go at those great Ashes deliveries because every run you score in the IG Net Gains Arena, the IG company will put £5 towards the Net Gains Fund, which will build nets around the country for all of our use. So, there is a, a point of, of turning up to Old Trafford tomorrow if you've got nothing to do. There might be some cricket and you can create an opportunity to add money to the net gains fund by getting into that net gains arena. That'll be quite good fun. For more information, by the way, on that net gains arena, go to ig.com slash investing. Remembering that if you do invest your capital with IG, you could be putting your money at risk. OK, well, what's at risk tomorrow? Um, hopefully, somehow England get home. Five wickets, as you say, five balls. 
Well, what I would say, Yoz, tomorrow is that you just you want a, a, enough play for it to be a meaningful contest. So if Australia get out of it and play well, you know, say there are 40 overs tomorrow, 45 overs, so there's half a day. Australia play well and get out of it. Well, fair play to them. OK, they've had assistance from the weather. You know, if, if they do get that, that amount, you know, they'd be effectively you know, a day lost because we only had 30 overs today. But what you don't want, I think, is just, I don't know, 10 overs, hardly any play, and it beca becoming a damp squib. You want it to be some sort of test. And Australia showed today that they, they're they up for the fight. They they really are. And, you know, if England want this 2-2, two -two, then they're going to have to work damn hard for it. And I, I think it be could well be similar tomorrow. And we, we, I mean, we could be in for something scintillating, couldn't we, really, with a, with a sort of madcap uh, run chase, something like that. But England will hope it doesn't come to that. Yeah, and, and don't forget, of course, that uh, in about nine overs' time, England can claim yeah. a new ball as well, which will be very important. So I can see, given they get on the field, the spinners bowling seven or eight overs and then straight into the faster bowlers with the second new ball, that might be the thing that makes it count. Let's hope there's some kind of contest tomorrow. Anyway, we'll be back then to report on what happens. See you then. Podcast Network.